Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. It's time to bring that same compassion that you offer to everyone else in your life to yourself as well. In this podcast, you'll hear real life stories of how self-care transformed people's lives as they were going through life's storms. You'll learn practical, actionable tools to begin the self-care journey yourself as well. Because like I always say, small changes make a large impact. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetha Lajmani. I'm a physician, best-selling author, and the founder of Radiant Living Institute. Through my signature program, Reclaim Your Radiance, you'll reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. To get started, download your free guidebook, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Quick disclaimer before we get started, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Angel Myers to the Essential Self-Care Podcast. Angel Myers is a licensed marriage and family therapist with over 15 years experience. She specializes in betrayal recovery, understanding the unique challenges that can arise from financial, emotional, and physical infidelity. Each step in her process while working with clients is geared towards meeting their unique needs so that she She provides specialized help with proven practices for your relationship and family. Her mission is to help couples and families enhance the quality of their relationships. Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Angel. Thank you, Dr. Ajmani. I appreciate the invitation. I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to your listeners today. Thank you. And Angel is actually returning to our show. So she was a guest previously where she shared some really valuable information from her experience to share with us tools for practicing self-care and the role that that plays in maintaining healthy, nurturing relationships. Today, Angel is going to share more of a personal side of her journey through self-care when she was going through a difficult time and experience within her own life. So Angel, can you share a little bit, just to give our listeners a little bit of context of what was an instance in your life or a situation in your life where self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority. And then if you could share what tools or self-care modalities did you turn to at that time? Absolutely. Just over a decade ago, I went through a really difficult time where I had um, I have two children. One of them had a pretty significant illness. And in, at this particular point, they were in the hospital for quite some time. And with just managing the illness and going to work and everything else that we do as moms and taking on different roles, I realized at that point, it was a requirement to then begin taking care of myself more so than just a nice saying that we have and we use. Absolutely. That's definitely a lot of things to juggle, not only physically, but as well as emotionally, the toll Mm -hmm. of knowing that your child is in the hospital and, and I'm sure a lot of the emotions that can come up with that as well. So during that challenging time where you realized that self-care was no longer just something to talk about, but something that was an absolute priority to incorporate into your life, what did you turn to and how, what did that journey look like for you? Because you were in the midst of juggling so many different things. 
Well, one, I absolutely believe in counseling. I'm a counselor myself, and I think there's so many benefits. There's lots of research out there on the benefits of being able to seek professional help. And that can look like a few different things. But in my situation, I have a great support system, a natural support. So there's professional supports, and then there's a natural support system. So I have good friends. And you know, to be honest, if I didn't have friends that I could seek counsel with, or if I just wanted to vent, I could do those things. So I you know, received a lot of just additional benefits and having that friendship network around me. But then I also wanted to do something physical. Um, so there's a lot of research out on the benefits of exercise on your body and your mood and physical health and emotional health. And I like to exercise, but I like it in a certain kind of way. <laughs> so I, I tried to think of what are some things that I like to do? And this was a real thing that I did and I couldn't think of anything. So I took out a sheet of paper and I said, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to write down all the things that I find enjoyable. My paper was empty. I could not think of anything because I had just been so inundated with tasks and activities and responsibilities that I had forgotten the things that were enjoyable. If that's I'm so glad that you're sharing this part of your journey, honestly. To the first point that you made of seeking professional support as well as support within the relationships that already exist within your life. Yes. I agree with you. I think both of those are so important. You know, they say it takes a village and it really does. It really does take a village. And the thing is in our modern day, we do tend to live very sort of isolated lives. Yes. So reaching out to our support systems, both those support systems that are already naturally in place as well as professional to really build up that village around you. And then I love that you shared that initially when you realized that you needed to find a sort of exercise and movement that you enjoy and the paper was just blank. And the reason I'm so happy that you shared that is because it's just so that our listeners know that this is normal. This is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we get so caught up in just the busyness of our life and our, and the responsibilities and the stressors. And then it often, it isn't until something like this happens when you're in that crisis situation and you're like, wait a second. And you kind of take that moment to try to remember what things do bring you joy or did you bring you joy? And sometimes yeah. that can be hard to think of just because of being caught up in the busyness of life. And so I think you sharing that can be very validating for a lot of our listeners. So, so thank you for sharing that piece of your journey. Absolutely. And so I wrote this list and I like how you put it, you, the being caught up in the busyness of life. And that's absolutely what happened. And so my paper was empty. Okay. And so I said, Oh, wait a minute. What did I used to like to do? Then things started showing up on my paper. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't tap into what I like now, but there were things I used to enjoy and you can go as far back as you want to for some you can go back to childhood. So, and I was willing to do that. I went from childhood all the way up to the age I was at the time. Wow. I love and, that. I actually have my clients do that. So a question that I often ask my clients is what inspires you? And, and so many of my clients, they say, I don't know. I don't know what inspires me. And I, and I often tell them this, I say, just think back as far as you need to until you can kind of think of something, right? Even if it's when you were a child. So I love this exercise. Absolutely. And so I put several things on it and I'm looking at this paper and I'm okay. Now I'm crossing off. Do I want to do this anymore? No, 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 no. <laughs> then there was one thing that I said, you know what? I forgot. I did like to dance. I did enjoy dancing. And so I said, well, I will try this. 
I'm going to take some salsa dancing. And so I went to the studio and I signed up. And before then, I really had no dance experience. I had very little. I had some exposure, but very little. For some reason, this might be funny, but I I don't know why in my head I thought I would be professional level with just my couple. I just was very inflated in my perspective of how good I was. <laughs> and so I show up at the, this particular studio I would go to, there's levels. And so at the time they would let you just pick. Um, they've since changed. Now you have to test in. And so I said, well, I'm level four. It's the highest level. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the session and oh my God, I was terrible. I was horrible. I was already feeling vulnerable trying to figure out what I could do to care for myself. And now I am completely humiliated in front of everybody else because clearly I'm not a four. <laughs> so I, and we know, can laugh I, about it now, but yes. I'm sure at that time it was, <laughs> it was horrifying. It was horrifying. Yes. And actually I continue to go and there will be times where I would see instructors sometimes laugh at me <laughs> in my efforts, but I mean, I take that in stride, but what I learned, and that's, this is really the point. There were times where I wanted to quit dancing. It seemed so frivolous. It was like, why am I doing this dance class? Like I am feeling like this is taking a hit against my confidence level. I, I'm questioning myself. Like all of these things were coming up and it was actually a friend who said to me, she said, don't quit. You actually need dancing. <laughs> you need dancing. And I said, I do. Why? And essentially it was because of those things that were coming up that gave me then the opportunity to address them, the, the confidence, you know, the skill level, this, at this time, the socialization, just so many different things that were being brought up that I had the opportunity to then address simply because I chose to go dancing. And instead of quitting, I stayed with it. And it was hard. It was actually hard for me because of what it was bringing up. But I needed that. It really spoke to how, why I needed to care for myself. And the barriers sometimes that will come up and you're sticking with something that you've chosen to do to care for yourself, but I didn't let it go. And so I worked through those uncomfortable emotions and assumed eventually I would begin enjoying this again. And I did. And here we are 10 plus years later, and I absolutely love it. I will be 90 plus years old and I will be dancing. I'll be at the community <laughs> center salsa dancing. <laughs> I love that. That's so fascinating. And I think it's interesting that you shared that at one point you did also think this is just frivolous. I think that's a, a thought that comes to many people's minds when they start to explore the idea of practicing self-care of, oh, but is that just frivolous of me? Or is that just a luxury or feeling guilty about it? So you shared a little bit more of, of kind of what kept you going through that. What would you say now a decade later from when you started that journey, what would you tell someone who is just beginning to even play with and explore the idea of starting to practice some self-care, but maybe struggling with some of these same sort of thoughts or barriers that this is maybe frivolous or feeling guilty about it? What would you tell them in this moment? One, that it's necessary. It is, I feel, a requirement to be able to take care of yourself. I think you also teach people how to care for you in the way that you take care of yourself, the way you prioritize. And sometimes people hear that and they think it, it's a selfish thing, but it isn't. It's an important thing, just like you're caring functionally for other parts of your yourself and for your life. 
um, when we think of other practical ways that we care for ourselves when we get ready for the day, caring for your emotional self or either your physical self um, or for some of your spiritual self. Now, these are requirements to get ready for the day, so to speak. And a lot of times we forget that because of, I like your phrase again, the busyness of life and the things that come up in life. And so remembering that I think is important. The better you are in acknowledging how important this is to your overall care and your life plan, the easier it is to accept that there are lots of different ways that you can care for yourself. And so when you do, then it's suddenly it's not as frivolous. It's important, like any other thing that you're doing and you've set for yourself as part of what you're wanting to achieve in your life plan. And so if you get stuck, and I find this probably to be the the biggest barrier for a lot of people, and you know, that might be, what do I do? What do you, you know, what do you, what do you like to do? I don't know. Like you said earlier, to be very curious, just I took a sheet of paper out. And like I said, my paper was empty, but then I went back all the way to childhood and just things that I used to enjoy doing. And you're going to find some of those things you don't like to do. And that's okay. Some things you say to yourself, I don't know if I like to do that, but I think it's okay to be curious and try it anyway. And just, and just see, and who knows that may open a door to other things just because you're doing something different. And so I think keeping curious is a great way to help resist the barriers that sometimes can come up when you're looking to find ways to care for yourself or find activities that are enjoyable for you and that bring you laughter and um, enjoyment. So um, I agree. And I love the idea of writing it down. I find that really helpful too. I'm a big advocate for writing things down, for journaling, for making lists Mm -hmm. as well. And in this specific situation, you know, actually writing down and making that list of things that you could even be interested in can be helpful because then you also have that list that you can come back to and refer to, right? Just as you were explaining, Mm -hmm. you might go through that list and you might say, well, this doesn't interest me now, or I'm not sure if I would enjoy this, but why don't I try it? And then you can check it off, right? And so you have that list that you can keep coming back to. And also something that I've found is that when you start to make a list, and I've found this both with myself as well as in clients who've gone through some of my coaching programs, is that once you start to ask yourself that question, you start to think of more things. Like like it might be that you sit down and you start that list one day, Mm. and then all of a sudden it gets your mind starting to think about that, even when you're not actively thinking about it, so that you might find other moments throughout the week coming up that you'll think of something that you can add to that list. So having it written down is a way that you can continue to add to it. You can adjust it. So I really, really love that. And, and also this concept of, of getting curious. So we talked about that a bit with another guest who was on recently, Wendy Goldberg, who also had this element in her self-care journey of just getting curious, getting curious of what's out there. And then we had another guest, Dr. Arthi Surya, who her self-care modality was also Latin social dancing. Mm-hmm. Interesting common theme here. And, you know, for our listeners, we're not saying that you have to turn towards Latin dancing and it's yeah. really just happenstance that yeah. the Essential Self-Care Podcast has featured two guests who that was their modality recently. But I will say this, a lot of people, you know, I rarely use the word exercise anymore. Mm-hmm. I tend to okay. use the word movement. Mm-hmm. And because what I've found is a lot of 
people, a lot of the clients I work with tend to have a resistance to that word exercise, right? And there's a lot of feelings that that surround that word, a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. of feeling guilty that I'm not making time for exercise or the should word, I should be exercising, but I just can't seem to fit into my schedule. And so finding a way, if you feel that movement is one of those things that will bring you joy and that you want to bring into your life, finding fun ways to do that, right? And just happen to be for you, for Dr. Surya, for myself, that dancing is one of those things that makes it fun, right? But for someone else, it may be tennis, it may be pickleball, it mm-hmm. may be, you know, something else. So finding ways that for you, it feels fun that you can, and you you brought this up too, of what would I enjoy right now? And again, not feeling put off if you find that it's difficult to think of those things initially, but creating the space for that, whether that's the space on a sheet of paper to Mm -hmm. just start to jot it down. Yeah. uh, And I think, you know, I like the idea of curiosity because Again, you may come up with two or three things. It just so happened that I had maybe two things left on my list. And I said, well, I just picked one. I said, okay, well, I'll try salsa dancing. But had I not had anything, and I thought that would be the case, then I would have just, and this is where the curiosity comes in. I, you know, I would have found other means to just come up with ways to experiment with things that I think might be fun. I, I think sometimes we just haven't thought of the thing that could bring us enjoyment. And it's not that we won't enjoy it. It's just that we hadn't thought of it. And so whether it's reaching out to you know your friends and checking in, what do you do for fun? You know, what, what's enjoyable for you just to get ideas or just going online and researching. I have literally done this hobbies. <laughs> and search, submit and look are the different ways that you can be active and be engaging with other people. You know, like you said, it doesn't have to be exercise. You can engage in many different ways. You can do things that are enjoyable that, that just involve you. People I know who enjoy specifically art, like painting, which can be something done solo or for some like going to classes and do like a painting class. So it really just depends on what brings you joy. And it's okay if you don't know what that is, just as long as you keep the curiosity and you're willing to experiment. You don't have to commit for, in my case, as long as I did with learning dancing. I'm glad I did, but it was because I knew that there were some lessons I needed to get out of why I was wanting to leave. But try some things. And if it doesn't work, then it's okay to stop and go try something else. You know, that alone is fun. Just being willing to go out and try different things at least once and see if it's something that you will like. And if not, perhaps it will open that door to something else that surprises you. That's great. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. You know, one thing I always say is to become a student of your life. So don't, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we can keep ourselves from taking action because we think that, it has to be all or nothing that we have to go all in or that we have to be really good at it, really good at something. But if you're just starting something out, I mean, none of us are great at something that we're just starting out. We're all beginners. We're all learning, right? So kind of setting that aside and just thinking, I'm going to become a student of my life and Mm. I'm going to just, you know, for these next two weeks or three weeks, I'm going to just choose something to just try. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to keep my eyes and ears open for different events or different activities that I can just try and experience. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, maybe it was when you were little, you wanted to be a professional singer. 
think about how big our dreams were when we were young and yeah. we were asked, what did you want to be? Um, okay. So maybe you, you don't want to be the professional singer now, but you'll take some music lessons. It's fun to take music lessons and to practice singing and get instruction um, or maybe, you know, an instrument or it could be anything, but it may not be initially in the way that you had hoped or envisioned, but see if there's a way to kind of pare it down to something that seems more manageable for you. Again, in the case of being the professional singer when you were little, but maybe now taking singing lessons, maybe you want it to be the actor or actress, but maybe now it's taking acting lessons or going to the community center and signing up for some of the the local stage plays and having a role in that. But there's there's such a wide array of ways to get involved and to figure out what's going to be enjoyable for you, but definitely necessary in doing so. Absolutely. And just, you know, enjoying the process, as you said, yeah. maybe, maybe not becoming the professional singer after maybe who knows, maybe. you know, yeah, there, there is no age limit to these yeah. things, but maybe to starting out to think of it as enjoying the experience and doing it for the mm-hmm. journey and, and just trying it out. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thank journey you. with us, Angel. It's been an absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to learn more about the work that you do, where can they find you? Absolutely. Um, You can contact me at www.angelmarriageandfamily.com on the website. You can shoot me an email or info at angelmarriageandfamily.com. I'm on social. You can go to Facebook at Angel Marriage and Family and on Instagram as well. Wonderful. And I will include all of those links in the show notes. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.